I actually met one guy from the DG team too that I never oh, met in person whoa. yet too. Yeah, which is amazing to to oh. see him. Yeah. Yeah, crypto bringing people together. Exactly. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Chain Debrief Podcast. Today we have with us Miles, the CEO of Decentral Games. So, uh, what is Decentral Games? Hey Z, thanks for having me on. Um, Decentral Games uh, is a project that I started over three years ago. We uh, make games in the metaverse. We started with Decentraland. Um, we developed various different games, uh, but didn't really find product market fit until we launched Ice Poker mm. uh, about a year ago. Um, and then most recently, we, we launched Ice Poker Flex, which is a mobile compatible version of that. So our main flagship product is, is Ice Poker. So, so you mentioned uh, when you started with Decentraland, do you mean like started building on Decentraland or uh, like are you guys like under Decentraland or a subsidiary or how does that work? So yeah, I kind of use Decentraland as kind of a, just an open source uh-huh. uh, 3D front end. And so yeah. we built um, on top of it. And okay. you know, we were, we were very bullish on, on Metaverse uh, back in 2019 mm. and we were part of the Decentraland community uh, from the ICO uh, to the land sales. the name. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we, we felt that just building applications on top of Decentraland mm. um, and, you know, just in the metaverse in general would be, um, you know, lucrative. Mm, before before we get into uh, Decentral Games and Ice Poker, that's the main product, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, what's it like being a CEO? What's your day-to-day like? Day-to-day, um, it's it's a lot, you know, lots of meetings. Um, I've tried to kind of slim down my, my, my daily calendar. Um, but yeah, it's been been wild over the last three years. We've scaled it from you know just three co-founders um, oh. all the way up to over fifty people now, mm-hmm. including our support staff. Uh, so so yeah, it's it's a lot of um, structure and kind of management. But um, yeah, love, loving every day. <laughs> and uh, what what were the biggest challenges when you first started? I would say uh, just because it's such a nascent space, like the metaverse, and in, in, in terms of like documentation, there's not really anything out there that. Um, kind of details exactly how to build in the metaverse. And, you know, I've you know we've started with um, some of the documentation that Decentraland put out for their SDK, um, but but yeah, just because it's kind of just such a new development area, uh, we kind of had to blaze the path ourselves. Mm. Okay, let's get into the meat of the convo. So, uh, Ice Poker, your flagship product, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, why poker and? How is it different from all the other poker games, poker blockchain, Web3 poker games out there? Yeah, definitely. So we started kind of out with uh, other types of games like slots, roulette, blackjack, yeah. backgammon, and you know we we really found solid product market fit with poker because it's very competitive um, and it's it's actually you know in my opinion better when it's player versus player versus as opposed to player versus house. Yeah. Um, and so Ice Poker specifically has a, a free to play you know NFT gated uh, access model. Um, and so as a result, our game is structured a little bit differently from a lot of like, you know, cash poker games. Um, in ice poker, you're actually playing with chips that are non-transferable off-chain um, chips that, you know, based on your performance that specific day, um, whether you win tournaments or whether you, um, you know, score on, on the daily leaderboard, score highly on the daily leaderboard, you earn um, tokens um, and, you know, NFT assets from that. So. It's a bit. It's a bit different. It's kind of structured more, kind of like an arcade. Mm, and and were you guys like poker players before? Or? Yeah, yeah, we were. We were um, not any good, but uh, <laughs> we loved poker. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, 
what's the user base like for uh, Decentral Games as a whole? So when we were starting out, the metaverse was empty. And so, yeah. you know, we yep. designed Ice Poker Challenge Mode, which was our product that we launched a year ago to basically solve the problem of emptiness in the metaverse because it should be, you know, an inherently yep. social experience. You know, if you're in a 3D environment, you know, by yourself, it's not really fun. Uh, so, you know, starting out, we were just in the hundreds of users, um, you know, over the last year, we were able to scale up to 12,000 daily actives wow. um, playing the game. Um, since then, we're roughly around like 4,000 just because the market has yep, uh, cooled yep. off a bit. Um, but, and that doesn't even uh, account for all of the metaverse visitors that we have. So like if you look at kind of just our general visitors within our um, metaverse scenes in Decentraland, it's upwards of 100,000 per month. Um, and we account for 60% of mm. Decentraland's traffic. Oh, wow. So so that means we have, if I want to play, uh, if I want to get into Decentral games, I have to go into Decentraland first and then play it within that, right? Yeah, so um, the way Decentraland is set up, like if you're playing from the browser, which yeah. you know most people do, yeah. um, they also have like a native desktop client as well. But in, in terms of the browser, each parcel in Decentraland, it's kind of laid out as a, as a, as a map that's like, 300 by 300 um, different parcels. So each parcel has a specific X and Y coordinate. Mm. Um, you're able to basically drop a user in um, to a specific parcel based on the URL. Um, the coordinates are included in the URL. So if someone wants to get inside Ice Poker, um, we have various venues in Decentraland, one specific one called the Stronghold. And if you go to our site, you can link directly into it. So you actually can kind of link, we can guide mm -hmm. users directly into to Ice Poker from our website, as opposed to like making them yeah. go to Decentraland. Yeah, and then go to yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. And uh, I, I see you guys, uh, I went over to the website, I see that you have uh, multiple partnerships as well. So uh, tell us more about all your partnerships. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been great. Um, you know, in the past, like we've been working closely with Decentraline, Polygon. Uh, we even made a um, a venue for Board Ape Yacht Club, um, Atari, etc. Um, and so more more recently, we've actually done partnerships specifically by building them and designing them specific, you know, custom wearables to use in our game. Mm. And so we actually just launched this week a pool together partnership. Um, it's like a pool toy, um, uh, pool wearable, toy. Okay. wearable that they, uh, their community was airdropped and, you know, it has utility within our ice poker flex game. Um, in the past, like we've done various other ones. Um, I think during launch, we, we, we launched with six different, um, uh, partners, but yeah, we, I would say the, 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 one of the coolest ones and one of my favorites is the Milk Road. Uh, I don't know if Milk you guys Road. have heard of the Milk Road newsletter, no. but... Okay, um, yes, I heard, heard of that. Yeah. It's like over 100,000 yeah. subscribers. Um, they have this hilarious looking uh, Milkman mascot. And so uh -huh. we basically made a full Milkman uh, outfit that you can um, collect. It's an NFT and you can use it um, to play Ice Poker Flex tournament mode. <laughs> and he has utility as well. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Wow, interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, like a uh, general consensus right now, like I feel is that a lot of people say that P2E games aren't really that sustainable. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a very valid concern. And I think uh, if you look at the performance of a lot of these ecosystems over the last like three quarters, um, a lot of them simply imploded. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a, a result of the design. You know, a lot of them were designed um, based on a, a trajectory of growth. And, you know, without that trajectory of growth, you know, once, you know, the, the market um, cools off a bit and the sentiment, you know, changes a bit, uh, a lot of the in-game assets just basically collapsed. Yeah. And so at Decentral Games, we wanted to build um, 
different game modes to kind of counteract like you know the emission that you know a lot of these p2e games are suffering and you know, we're not um we are included in that you know ice poker challenge mode that we the product that we launched a year ago highly um inflationary um with the ice token and um you know we have various sinks for for ice but um all of those sinks um, are not really you know enough to to mm -hmm. make it sustainable and so that's kind of the thinking um that was behind the push for tournament mode. Um, basically, the way tournament mode works is you have to purchase ice tokens and burn them in order to add mm. shine to your your wearables. Um, and with shine, you can buy into tournaments. Um, those tournaments award badges to the winners, and then those badges are redeemable for uh, wearables. Okay. And so we've seen already, even though we just launched um, roughly two two weeks ago, mm. tournament mode, we've seen um, quite a bit of ice burn um, directly from just like adding shine mm. to wearables. Well, wow, and I think uh, I recently also saw that uh, you guys just launched like a DAO feature, right? A DAO, a DAO, DAO. feature? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we our DAO has been active since pretty much like right after we launched. Oh, okay, DG. okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's you know, there's there's various uh, governance proposals always put mm. forth by the community. You know, we, um, you know, we passed one for um, kind of a revamp of a reward structure, which was passed I think back in July. Um, we actually just launched that new reward structure. Uh, yesterday so that was a big yeah. kind of yep. push and you know but yeah in general like the DAO is it's definitely something that differentiates DG from a lot of other gaming ecosystems yeah. because you know some of them um, you know they have tokens governance tokens but they don't really have voting um, and so yeah that's kind of there's definitely one area where we're a bit different so I think uh, one thing I want to pick your brain on. So outside of DG, are you also looking at any other GameFi projects? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, new GameFi projects that have that have popped up um, that uh, you know have you know improved economics compared to the the last wave. And so the second wave of GameFi. Um, but to be honest, I think like the most interesting thing to, to keep an eye on is uh, just monitoring some of these games that were able to achieve massive scale um, in the last cycle. And so, you know, obviously they've been able to raise money and they have runway, um, you know, like Axie and, yeah. and Stepin. You know, I think they obviously, you know, had to have to change their model a yeah. bit. Um, but the reality is they, they were able to scale much larger than any other GameFi um, or even crypto application in the past. Um, and so, you know, We'll see, you know, how it plays out. I think uh, they, you know, they have the runway and they have yeah. um, a user yeah. base that yeah. they can leverage. Um, I think they just need to figure out kind of some token syncs, kind of like we, we were doing um, mm -hmm. that we've done with with uh, tournament mode. Yeah, interesting, interesting. And I think, uh, are you involved in any of those games? Like, have you played them, or just like, are you, or were you like on the sidelines just observing them? I checked it out. I demoed it, yeah, with with uh, a few folks on on the team. But I, I personally don't play them. Oh, I, I'm just too too. Uh, you just focus busy. on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard laser to, focus on your own. I'm in the yeah. cave just doing <laughs> stuff. Yeah, nice. So I think uh, when it comes to uh, game five projects, uh, many people say that uh, game five game five and or NFTs are usually the first touch point when it comes to uh, adoption for retail. So I think uh, touching on adoption right here. Um, do you think what do you think are the biggest challenges when it comes to adoption for crypto in general? Yeah, this is something that we've actually found out in the last couple of weeks after launching uh, tournament mode as we tried to, you know, scale that user base um, with various partnerships as we discussed earlier. Um, it's all just really built around like onboarding. I feel like onboarding needs to be much better for for mass adoption to happen. And you know, I think we've 
we've like, you know, looked at our product for several months and, you know, we understand kind of like uh, various things that are not intuitive to the average person, even like an average Web3 user. Mm. And so right in the last week, we've, you know, identified some key areas where we can really optimize that onboarding just for Web3. And then the big step for, you know, mass adoption is like the Web2 onboarding. And that's, um, I think, going to be um, where it's going to be essential to have like email login, yeah. like, you know, fiat yeah. on ramps. Um, just very, very easy. It should be, you know, as if you're playing any app store yeah. game, like a web two game. It better, should be as, as simple as that. Better yeah. UI UX. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Big problem everyone's facing right now. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And uh, when it comes to uh, adoption, I think uh, for DG, like do you guys see like uh, higher adoption rates in certain like parts of the world or is it just like equal all across the board? Yeah, definitely. Um, for our challenge mode products, I would say um, there was a lot of adoption in certain countries, mm. uh, specifically, you know, um, you know, countries where play and earn games were very mm. popular. Um, I think just because the cost of living is, is a bit yep. lower, um, so it was att attractive um, to play the game. But you know, I think a lot of that is built upon um, like this idea of extraction. You know, mm. play to earn is a flawed model. Like people yeah. extracting money from the game as like income is not something that's um, sustainable. And, um, you know, our main focus has been to, you know, put out this game mode that's uh, attractive for people to play just because they love playing the game and they want to actually, um, you know, add value to the game ecosystem. And so ultimately, you know, it needs to be kind of an exchange of value. Like the yeah. players should not be strictly uh, extracting. Um, it should be, you know, they're contributing to the value of the ecosystem by like purchasing in-game items, you know, actually spending in the game, which, you know, I think is 100% reasonable to expect because, you know, we've seen um, the amount of revenue that like Fortnite brings in and skins. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen the amount of revenue that like people just buy in, in like Clash of Clans um, for items they, they, they purchase in that game. Um, and so, you know, I think it's perfectly um, appropriate to, yeah. to assume that it's possible for, you know, a game to kind of be, hit a middle middle ground where it's not like super extractive, you know, like a lot of play to earn games were last year yeah. um, and, you know, where players are actually willing to spend money. Yeah, give and take, right? Like, yeah. yeah, you can't always just be giving, which is what a lot of games did last year, which is why like tokens just, people just dump all their stuff to zero. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, uh, I want to get your, I want to pick your brain as well. Uh, fu the future of gaming, what do you envision it to be like? So I think there's a pretty massive divide right now between like these Web 2 games and Web 3 games. Yeah. You know, obviously Web 3 games are not really advanced, like, like you know, in the, in immersive like Web 2 games are. Um, you know, Web 2 games have massive budgets and many years of development under their belts to be able to deliver these like really, really amazing experiences. Um, and so, yeah, I think in the future, they'll definitely be kind of an overlap a bit more. Um, there's going to be, you know, these very well built, um, you know, games like, you know, Fortnite or GTA, stuff like that with um, NFT and, and crypto integrations. I'm not sure when that will happen. Um, but, you know, I think something that we're really bullish on is just building like a simple game that, you know, people already enjoy playing like poker and not reinvent the wheel, yeah. um, but then kind of add very clever economics to it so that you can, um, you know, have that give and take as we were discussing before. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, really have a sustainable in-game economy. And so I think, I feel like um, first up would be, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident in the next year, um, if it's not us, I, I do think it will be us <laughs> as one of them, but I think, you know, there will be some of these Web3 games yep. that kind of just figure out the, um, you know, building a fun game, but making it competitive, yep. um, making it um, the assets tied to the identity so 
users really identify with with the assets that they uh, accumulate, and so they're not just trying to extract. Um, that really achieves this kind of massive scale. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's that's our, that's our objective. Do you think it's better for Web3 games to compete with Web2 games or collaborate and integrate with Web2 games? I would say, you know, I think for, for Ice Poker, we definitely see more of our competition or, or just like, you know, target market, the okay. users of these like free games. You know, I think we want to eventually, like right now we're, we're trying to just make a good user experience for Web3 folks just to, because it's slow hanging fruit. Yeah. But ultimately what's going to, allow us to massively scale would be, you know, to actually get users from some of these Web2 games and, you know, introduce them to, to Web3, educate them about, you know, the the benefits of custodying your assets and, and unlocking that value um, as opposed to just, um, you know, purchasing assets in a game and, you know, not being mm -hmm. able to actually own them. Um, so, yeah, I think, I don't know, it's tough because you can't really, like, a lot of people talk about like Web2 games and being able to like slap a token model on it. Yeah. And I think the token model is, um, you know, is just as important as the actual game itself. It needs yeah. to be well thought out. And um, I think like, you know, the folks that think that you can just throw a token model on like an existing Web2 game, um, uh, I, I don't think it's that easy. Mm. Speaking of introducing someone to Web3, how would you introduce someone, like someone who doesn't know anything about Web3 into Web3? I would say, you know, I think gaming is a great yeah. intro. Um, you know, they can immediately see um, the benefits of, you know, actually owning their assets and being able to collect and, you know, trade and um, purchase and sell these 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 assets and not be um, completely at the mercy of the of the game developer. I think that's um, that's huge. And so, yeah, I've I've onboarded several folks to mm. Ice Poker, <laughs> and that was actually their first time using a wallet. That was ah. their first time actually like owning an NFT. Yeah. And so that was a pretty cool experience. And so, I, you know, we want to do that for millions of people. Yeah, poker DJs especially. Yep. <laughs> so, Token 2049, how'd you like it so far? I thought it was a really cool event. Um, you know, I've been to various conferences, um, you know, whenever I get out of the cave and I, mm. I venture out. And I think um, this one was was really cool. It was my first conference, actually, that oh, I've really? been to uh, in, 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 in oh, okay. Asia. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've been Asia. to many in Europe and in the U.S. Mm. Um, and so, um, yeah, that was a really cool experience. I think it's like definitely a different crowd. Um, you get the folks from like Dubai and, yep. you know, all around like, you know, China and, you know, mo like larger Asia region. And, you know, I think a lot of the conferences that we went to in um, New York and, you know, Europe, it's it's, it's slightly different mm -hmm. um, uh, group. And so, yeah, I think it was great to just, you know, get the word out about what we're working on. And um, it's a massive, massive market, you know, even bigger than, you know, you, you could say it's even bigger than the, the one in the West. So I think really? it's like, oh. um, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's great. It was great to get, be here. And I feel like the, the uh, um, organization of the conference was, was top notch. I thought mm. they did a great job. So, so when going for conferences, do you have a specific goal in mind? Like whenever we go for every conference or do you just go in and just try to see, try to meet whoever you can meet or do like specifically find people there? What's your yeah, goal? Yeah, so I would say we, we set up meetings with various yeah. uh, people and I thought um, this was a great opportunity to meet some of the partners that we have been working with for several years that mm -hmm. I've never met in person. So that was number one priority. Um, also, you know, to promote the launch of our, our uh, Flex tournament mode product that we launched two weeks ago. And then also um, our ICE merge project, um, we call Delegation V2. It's like the new reward system that we launched uh, yesterday. And so, you know, I thought it, this was great timing to just promote those items as well. And then, yeah, and of course you always meet folks that are, um, that you don't really expect to meet. Mm. And, you know, 
could be fruitful, you know, to, yeah. to, to connect. And I'm glad I met you. Yeah, so. definitely. Likewise, <laughs> likewise. So, yeah. so what was your most favorite moment? Most favorite experience at Token 3049, aside from all the free drinks <laughs> and the good ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Lots of free um, um, goodies. But yeah, I, I would say my my top experience was being on the panel, um, both mm. at your guys' event was, was yep. awesome to yeah, meet yeah, everyone. Yeah. Um, really fun panel. And then also the panel at uh, Token 2049. Um, thought the other panelists were really interesting uh, people. And, you know, just diving into a chat about the metaverse was, was really enjoyable. Other than that, yeah, just meeting with several people, um, various folks that we that we've worked with um, for so long and never met in person um, is, was great. I actually met one guy from the DG team too that I never oh, met in person wow. yet too. Yeah, which is amazing to to wow. see him. Yeah, yeah, crypto bringing people together. Exactly. And before we end this uh, episode, I want to go a little bit more into your personal life. So, how did you get started with crypto? So I got started in crypto back in 2017. Mm. Um, I was actually, you know, trading BTC and ETH before that. Mm. But in 2017, um, I, that's when I graduated from UCLA, and I was running an e-commerce business at the time Ooh. that I started during nice. during um, my between my second and third year at UCLA. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It was it was a business that was good cash flow, but it wasn't yeah. something that like I ever raised money for. You know, ever like, drop shipping got like um, not drop shipping uh-huh. specifically. It's direct to consumer okay. um, brand that you know we had a warehouse for fulfillment yeah, and everything. Yep, yep. So we it was a bit more custom than drop shipping, yep. but similar. Um, but at the time, this is like during like the the last cycle, uh, and you know BTC and ETH started to rip and you know a lot of these ICOs um, popped up and I thought it was really interesting to just evaluate these ICOs and um, one of them was Decentraland uh-huh. um, and so you know that's kind of like how I yeah. got introduced to, to Decentraland and became a part of their community and um, yeah built various kind of dApps like throughout 2017 2018 um, but didn't really find something I really wanted to like sink my teeth into until 2019. Um, and this was actually, you know, pretty much at the bottom of mm. the last bear market mm. or near the bottom. Um, I felt that building something, uh, you know, would take, I, I'm in the, by the way, I'm like the worst trader of all time. <laughs> so I, I think like, you know, just building things is, is for me at least is, um, a better use of yep. my mm. mental, um, more efficient know, yeah. use of your mental health. Yeah, mental yeah. Space. <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. So that's kind of how I got ah. fully into to crypto. And like in all your years of doing crypto, what were your most degen moments or stories? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's there's been, you know, from DeFi summer 2020 um, to like this last cycle 2021, um, I think uh, I'm pr- pretty much the worst trader of all time. So I've stopped <laughs> trading like on a daily basis. I don't even trade at all. Um, that's good. But in terms I, of like degening, <laughs> I think it's got to be around like some of the NFT um, projects that I just aped into, and um, yeah, I, I just I don't really talk about it too much. But, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, I think if I if I just did not if I just didn't touch um, any of the crypto that I originally had, I, yeah. I you know would be much better off today. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think same yeah. here. I guess I've been like I've been degenerating to so many different projects. Like into like twenty of a random NFT, and everything just went to zero. <laughs> yeah, it was doing the free min, free min phase. Yeah. If you were to start the central games uh, all over again, what would you do differently? It's really tough to say because um, you know I think part of building in public is you you know kind of um, arrive at certain destinations by like information for from information that you learn along the way. So I mean, I think looking back like three years, and I think there's a hundred like so many things that I would have done differently if I could like communicate mm-hmm. with my my prior self. 
Um, and so, yeah, I guess just make decisions quicker. You know, I think, you know, we didn't really find product market fit, like I said, until yeah. we launched Ice Poker. If we just started with Ice Poker and started with poker development and didn't develop all these other games, like <laughs> we'd be much farther along today. Um, so yeah, I guess like just kind of arriving at the decisions we made quicker would be helpful um, and we'd be farther along, but you know, we would have never um, been able to make those decisions if we didn't do what we did. So it's yeah. kind of tough to, to um, to gauge that and, and, and fully answer. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so before before we end our podcast, uh, what advice do you have for people or budding developers who want to build GameFi projects? For developers thinking about building GameFi projects, I would say it's really helpful to just use all of the products out there. Some of the ones that you think are you know the the top pro- uh, products, just to get a feel of how the the game and the token model kind of integrate. Mm-hmm. I would say like absolutely don't overlook the token models. I feel like you you have to model them, um, you know, several years in, um, into the future and, and really, you know, make assumptions to base based around like data. Um, and you have to assume the worst too. So it's like, if you're emitting X amount of tokens, I think you have to kind of assume that, you know, 100% of them are gonna be sold on the market. And if that messes your model up, then you need to redesign um, the model to have more organic sinks in it. And that's something that we learned the hard way. You know, I think we were a bit too optimistic of people's willingness to um, not sell and, re- and, and instead reinvest. Um, and so, you know, obviously we had to we had to fix that with our recent release of this new reward structure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in terms of just general advice, I'd say it's always helpful to just like use products, see what works, see what doesn't mm-hmm. work, and see what you can integrate into yours. Yeah, basically just immerse yourself in the system and then see what's wrong, what you can fix, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Great. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for watching this episode of the Chain Brief Podcast. Thank you so much, Mal, CEO of Decentral Games. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.